Welcome back to the Black Belt in Thinking podcast. I'm Mirta. And I'm Peter. And today we will be discussing the availability bias. Welcome to the Black Belt in Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt in Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. So we've been doing a series of cognitive biases. This is probably our third or fourth. So you can listen to previous episodes if you want to know more about the other ones we've done so far. But to kick us off, Peter, what is availability bias? All right, so I think my version of it is the best way to explain it is the brain doesn't know what it doesn't know, right? So it overweights whatever it's seen, so to speak. Like, because it it doesn't know what could be out there. So basically what it does know, it goes, oh, this must be everything. (laughs) Right. That's that's like its default position. Oh, this must be everything then. That's a bit cocky. Yeah, Yeah, a bit rude. Um, (laughs) But the the key thing, I guess, about about this bias and, and about... Well, why it's a bias and not just the way things are is if you think of the, the sort of system one, system two thing, that's that's the automated system, right? The system one is it just, it already knows what it knows and it doesn't consider there might be other stuff. But, you know, the whole idea is we have system two. We can engage our brain and go, well, it doesn't sound like that's everything. But for the most part, we don't. If we're just, just doing things, the brain just uh, overweights what it's, Overweights what it's uh, what it knows, and and even more so things that it hears more often. So it overweights things you hear more, um, and then basically extra- extrapolates from what it has to just assume that's everything or fill in its own blanks. So yeah, as a summary, that's uh, that's that's my understanding. Before we get into any more examples, what's what's yours? Oh well, I guess yeah. That in essence, um, it's in the name. It's in the name of availability bias. So we're basically biased towards information that is more available to us, that comes to mind more readily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Apparently, it's a classic political thing. You just uh, you just say the same thing over and over and over, and people start to believe it, whether it's true or not, or whatever. <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous, yeah. but yeah, I guess it, your brain again doesn't know. If it goes, oh, I've heard this 400 times, I've heard this other thing once, who am I going to believe? You know, this one seems real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess un- unless you, and I, I think it depends on how much time we have to make a decision or give an answer to something. Yeah, or if we even consider it at all, right? Or, or if, if we're just, even considering it yeah. at all, correct. I mean, it's probably, I mean, I guess this is why, what, Coke just smashes the world with billboards and ads on everything like they're never they're never like oh yeah that coke has this in it which is you know benefit. like they're never trying to engage your logical brain right they're just like just smash you with the ads enough that coke is so familiar that you just i guess don't even think about it you just grab one if you have to buy a fizzy drink it's probably going to be coke right yeah why because it's going to make you happy and you're going to have lots of fun yeah that's actually what I think of when I think of Coke. I either think of Santa Claus or people, sort of young people having fun. Yeah, yeah. I think of like some ad they had years ago at the beach 
you know yeah. everybody's like jumping on trampolines and stuff at the beach because that's what you do of course yeah uh, beach on a trampoline really yeah, yeah. Logistic- everywhere. I mean, logistically <laughs> right okay well, so do you have a do you have an example of availability bias in action uh yeah so i mean there's, there's, there's two two sides of this right um to me one is that it, it overweights things the more often it hears them it just goes oh well, if if or it comes across them i should say because you can read things whatever um so that's obviously the marketing sort of political trick thing and the other one is extrapolating what from what yeah from what you hear but um I mean, I think one of the, the, the classics of this um, that I could, the first thing I thought of in business is, is this squeaky wheel gets the oil thing, right? Well, that's not a business. That's just life. Like yeah. the squeaky wheel gets the oil. But what, what people do is they, again, they extrapolate out the data, especially when they've got some emotional connection to it. Right. So the, the thing I can think of, and I could give a specific example, but I think this is a more relevant example because I don't need to. I've I've seen this play out in slightly different variations in so many different companies we work with and stuff. Um, oh god, like so many times, it's actually ridiculous when you stop and think about it like this. But a customer complains, but not just any customer, right? They're like uh, like an important one, or or they are a customer that that person whether it's the owner it's a salesperson it's somebody um has dealt with a lot they've got some sort of connection to or it's the kind of thing that that customer has griped about for forever and it's it's incredible this is not how you find out about it right what you find out about is some product owner some some uh business owner some sales manager whatever almost exploding in a meeting with worry about basically how screwed the whole company is and the product and the customers are going to leave. And like, right. You know, the hair's on fire, the sky's falling, like it's all, it's all of it. And, and sometimes people react to this and it just, you know, starts to explode. And other times you, you get somebody in the room who either, you know, has a bone to pick with that person or is just level headed, whatever it is, something causes them to push back and they start digging and it's not the product's terrible and the yeah. company's not screwed and the customers aren't even leaving. It's this one customer that's griping about this one thing. Yeah. But the salesperson, you know, they might be their biggest customer, right? So I say salesperson, I'm not trying to pick on them. As I said, it has, I've seen this in so many slight variations of industries and products and, and positions, you know, it's a business owner, it's a salesperson, it's a product, whatever. Um, but they they deal you know they deal with this customer frequently they they like them they worry about their their um their impression all this sort of thing uh and and they're just they're just griping about this one thing and they hear it over and over and in the salesperson's head it's oh my god why why is our company not fixed this year we are we are screwed yeah and that becomes this huge thing that can blow up I've seen it blow up I've seen other people I've seen as I say the um the defensive response, which is dug into it, like, nah, bullshit. And then having a go because the, you know, the person in charge of the product's getting defensive, which is not the best way to tackle this, but at least it's some pushback. Or, you know, you, the best case is you've seen the reasonable one where people go, oh, okay, well, that sounds quite concerning. 
how many customers are experiencing this for how long, what impacts it having on their business. And of course, the answers to most of these things are, oh, not many for not that long and it's not really having an impact on their business. Yeah. <laughs> but to that one person, that's their world and it looks terrible. So they've got an overwhelming number, the, the, the availability of information about their product because people don't ring them up and tell them how good it's going, right? Not really. You so don't usually give compliments. You usually call to complain. Exactly. So in their head, they've had four customers, you know, four interactions with customers over the last week, and all of them have been negative, and all of them about this one thing, and all of them being from an important customer. Turns out it's just one customer griping about the same thing over and over. But that's but that's not how you that's not how your brain reacts necessarily, especially when it feels like the stakes are high. It kind of makes me wonder if because we've been getting maybe once or twice a week we get an email about the podcast from from one of the listeners. Yeah, which is good actually. Just to... it's and it's usually good positive feedback. Yeah. Um, so are we thinking that this is this is so good? Because... This could be the worst podcast most people have ever heard. But like but four people awesome. told us it was good, so we're like, man, this podcast is so good. We're on fire. <laughs> we are so good. You've actually touched on anything. Um, in your example touched on anything touched on something very specific in your example um you said to this one person because it's i think did you say close to home or or it's really real for them and there's this emotional impact for the salesperson yeah yeah it's like their favorite customer it's one yeah it's a lot or something like that yeah so this whole bias to me is very like the, the 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 main pivot of the entire the, the the entire bias sort of relies on is our memory and the way our memory works. So, I read that. Obviously, the most recent information is the one we recall, sort of more easy, sort easier, not more easier. Um, but also because where memory is stored in the brain is right next to where sort of emotions operate from that's very linked so the bigger the emotional impact on you the more likely you are to remember it and the closer to home it is so if it's for example your favorite customer or it could be something that happened to your friend like if your friend gets bitten by a dog you'll be more likely to think wow this this is a real threat. This could happen to anyone at any time because it's kind of close to home to you. Yeah. yeah. So sort of the recency of the event happening, the emotional impact that it has on you and how close to home it is for you yeah. seems to play most into this or seems to sort of be the playing field of the availability bias. Yeah. That's like the classic, um, you know, people who are afraid of flying sort of thing. And they talk about all the, the crashes that shop and use. And actually, like, it's just because the odd occurrence where there's like a major airliner crash is a huge news deal because it happens so infrequently. But yep. because they make a big deal out of it, it feels, to, obviously, to some people, like, bigger deals than it is, even though it's far safer than driving a car to work. But... It's actually funny because it happened because it's so rare. It's such a big deal. So because it's such a big deal, it feels like it happens more often or it's more serious. 
Well, that's exactly what happened when you offered to take me up in a plane last time I was in <laughs> Sydney. And I was like, nope. Nope, that's dangerous. We had two small plane crashes in New Zealand in the past year that were yeah. sort of heavily, had heavy media coverage, probably because it's such a rare event. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to act like uh, general aviation is, has the same safety record as uh, commercial aviation, but <laughs> right. But no, that's probably exactly what what was going through my head. That's dangerous. I and if you had to ask me, why do you think it's dangerous? And it's not like I can tell you. Well, did you know that one in three small planes will crash within <laughs> their life? No, I don't know that. I don't know any statistic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's a good good one. And this is the thing, right? We don't think about like that example I gave. Um, I think the problem with a lot of these examples, a lot of these biases is it's very easy to look at them as stupid when you're on the outside, even though you've probably done it before. Like you go like, oh yeah, I wouldn't. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I've seen people overreact to, you know, customer complaints, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I take everything at its merit sort of thing. And yet, as you just pointed out, we've, we've been patting our own backs about this podcast because we had like a couple of people coming. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to say, like, oh, I wouldn't do that literally yeah. while we're doing that. We're actually doing it. Oh my gosh, we are doing it. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's important. There's not just for this, but for all these biases. Is that so many people? It's so interesting to hear about them, but so often people go like, "Oh yeah, it's interesting." Yeah, other people are really dumb. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing is <clears throat> you also I think that also once emotions get involved you're done thinking logically and rationally yeah. about something. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I know that um I keep coming back to covid vaccine, but I know that before we got our kid vaccinated, a friend said that her little brother ended up in the hospital because right. of um Due to the COVID vaccine, he had heart inflammation issues. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It didn't have AstraZeneca over there, right? Because that was the main one that had. No, uh, it was Pfizer. Co- it was caused by Pfizer, I believe. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so immediate, and this was days before my kids were go- supposed to get their vaccine. So immediately I told my husband, no, no, we're not doing it. Like I have three, like this is, this recently happened. It had an emotional impact on me because I have three boys and this happened to have been a boy. And it was close to home because if it happened to a friend, it's more likely to happen to me, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't, isn't it so? Yeah. Um, so I was immediately, no, we're not doing this. This is dangerous. Then you honestly have to stop yourself and go, okay, well, let's just, let's look at some data. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So only three cases per million vaccinations in New Zealand, because obviously New Zealand being the relevant demographic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So according to MedSafe, yeah, only three cases per million in New Zealand of vaccine, million vaccinations, not even population, actual vaccinations. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, But you kind of don't really do that you don't stop to think you just you you especially when fear is involved you just get scared and that's it end of story end of yeah. discussion interesting yeah it is yeah it's uh it's interesting how um availability bias 
uh, what am I thinking of? We, we did confirmation bias, how they feed each other as well, especially now, right? Uh, especially how easy it is to to go down a wormhole or a rabbit hole on online. Uh, and oh, even yeah. worse, the fact that the algorithms are then uh, supporting that, right? I, th- I think we might have talked about this on confirmation bias, but it's relevant again for availability bias is let, let's say you did just react how you did. Well, I mean, you did. Right. Yeah. Uh, but let's say you followed that by by Googling a bunch of stuff about like, oh, you know, are the vaccines safe and things. And so the algorithms are like, oh, cool. People who search for that also search for all of these things. Right. And they start pumping that stuff at you. And so you start reading more about that. And so your availability bias starts getting skewed by like. Not the fact that let's say there's you know, 11,000. I mean, this is ridiculous because it's recent vaccine, but let's let's take a more established one. You know, at least there's eleven thousand articles about oh, this thing's safe, and one or one or two that say that it's, ah, it's it's not so safe. You know, that if you were to look at that, you go, okay, well, in this case, this thing is probably safe. Um, but the thing is, what are you going to Google? Because I did, the, I actually did that. I went to Google. My first instinct was to go deaths caused by. <laughs> Heart inflammation due to yeah. COVID vaccine. Well, I mean, I guess it depends. Where and that's exactly what came out. Right? All like these from, articles <laughs> came out. You get out. it from like the CDC or something, though, or and it's their actual data, or you get it from like, oh, well, you know, this is hard because it's a new one, but let's say longer term things, and, and they've done studies on them and things, and you go, oh, well, there's all these like what seem to be reputable studies, as opposed to somebody posting about it on Facebook. But the problem is, even if you think that way, now Facebook's serving you up all these things. Oh, yeah. And so now you're just, you might not, you might not be vaccine hesitant. And yet, because you've got so many things just pumping in your brain, it slowly starts to go, oh, that's, there's a lot of people that are anti, anti-vaccine. It's, it's like um, those, those, I don't know if riots is the right word, but whatever protests, whatever they had uh, down in Wellington recently, right? Oh, yeah. And you hear these people and they're like, you know, most New Zealanders are actually outraged by the vaccine. You're like, well, no, that's not true. There's no, like there's a, a, a thousand of them. Yeah, there. there's, there's a thousand of you. Like you guys all are, and because you all are, you think you're the silent mi- minority, and yeah. that actually the vast majority agrees with you. They're just too afraid to speak up or something. It's not true. But you're surrounded by people telling you that, telling you it's wrong. So you think, oh, there must be more people on our side. Yeah. So yeah, you get this sort of. Con- it's it's probably the same thing. Like I don't know if I asked you about planes before a uh, good example if i asked you how many pilots you know what, what's the ratio of pilots of, of uh like general aviation like people who just do it for a hobby uh i will probably put the issue should just ask you what, what do you reckon like one in ten one in a thousand one in ten out thousand? of all the pilots how many are small commercial no no, no just just how, out of out of people in New oh, Zealand Australia, how many people are just private pilots so they just do it for they're not not career minded they just i have no idea i'm i have no idea I'm yeah one saying, in, like I, I don't know one in i'm gonna go with one in hundred thousand yeah right whereas i was thinking like probably one in a thousand what and <laughs> no but no because yeah because I, you're I know surrounded somebody, by them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we actually like, know? Do you know what the statistic is? Okay, well, I'll, it's probably not hard to find. Figure but, it out. I'll talk while you figure it out. Yeah, okay, cool. 
because now I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, because as because you, a you are a a pilot, and um, obviously know many pilots and hang out with many pilots, so you think, oh, there's so many of us. Yeah, that's like, interesting. Um, like if you're a like if you're a student pilot or something, right? And you you know you left high school and you went and did this, and so all your mates only do this and everything. You probably think the number of people that are commercial pilots are way higher as well. True. Because availability bias. Very true. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackboutandthinking.com to sign up now. I'll tell you I'll tell you of an example of an availability bias example while you're doing your Google thing yeah. that actually happened to me. I was working at what used to be hardware house. I think it's Bunnings now, um, as a student. And one day, just a casual on the till, one day I there was a customer who seemed quite upset because he had to wait in line. One of the ladies that was serving him was Danielle, actually. I still remember her name. She was new and she was in training and she was a bit slower. And we were understaffed, as it were, and he was visibly upset, so I called him over, opened up the service desk, served him there type thing, explained to him how we were on, a bit understaffed, apologized profusely, processed him very quickly. He seemed very happy with me, and he went away. Yeah. I later find out that he's our new general manager. Oh. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize, he, and... Anyway, I later find out he's our new general manager and he happened to tell my manager how impressed he was with the service he got when he and how this girl, Mirta, he remembers her name because it was so unusual, served him and, you know, I should get a pat on the back type thing. Take it. I think it was six months later, we were having our performance reviews. Yeah. And I was the only one <laughs> that he authorized the pay rise for. And in those six months, I had not spoken to that man. He he worked mainly upstairs in the offices. I had not seen or spoken to that man for six months after that event. But when he got a pile of names as to who's sort of um, who is worthy of a of a pay rise, he only authorized my pay. I was the only one that got a pay rise. Because that was probably the only memory he had of me. And it was, for some reason, positive for him. Yeah. And I think that was absolutely availability bias. Not that I was a horrible yeah. worker. and you No, know. no, but that, that makes sense. Like, yeah, he can, he can, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and I don't actually think he necessarily knew any other cashier. It wasn't really. It was. It was back in the day where management was management and floor staff. You know, nobody really cared about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get yeah. to know us. So yeah, I think that was totally availability bias. Yeah. Did you get that statistics for us? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say yeah. So basically, people can you know use this to advantage you pay rise is what you say. Yeah. Well, no, but it's it's not that they can. It absolutely happens. Yeah, because yeah. we did we did um, performance reviews recently, didn't we? 
really it is the most recent information or something big that happened that far outweighs like if some it it it's got a lot to do with emotion doesn't it yeah yeah and i mean like if someone is just ticking along doing stuff i don't know how much emotion that causes as opposed to if something is some huge thing happened and it was last minute and and the person had to hustle and you kind of you remember it <laughs> it stands out more for you yeah it's true i mean i guess that's the importance of like especially i suppose in, in even bigger organizations and that's where we don't know more closely what people are doing but the importance of having you know, clear performance like statistics and things yeah but like what would like you know what 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 are you meant to be working towards are you know are you completing more of these than than you were are you completing to a higher standard whatever whatever it is and it's really a case for doing these more frequently yeah it's true if you it's think true. about it yeah because things that i remember from past year you know unless it was a big deal i heard someone recently say oh let me do it with you see if it works can you tell me i don't know three of the most happiest when memories that you have where you were like really really ridiculously happy Uh, I mean, probably. <laughs> Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe you have no memories of being happy. Uh, Basically, the thing was no, because you've made a fuss. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to think for like what. What are the top three? Rather well, than just I, three examples. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter what they are, and the reason why I wanted to do it with you now is because you're not married and you don't have kids. So you right. can't just default to those things that people would say, even though they may not really be. Oh yeah, like they say the wedding day. Like, like you could the say the day I got my dog. Yeah. You, know? you could yeah. say the day I got my license. You could say anything that stands out for you as a memorable event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, that was so cool. The day I graduated. Yeah. But then if I had to turn around and say, what were the three? <laughs> moments of your life where you were the calmest right go i have no idea i don't know possibly when i was i don't know like maybe at the meditation retreat somewhere maybe i can't remember yeah yeah, i got you yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) like it's just unless it evokes sort of heightened emotion you're not really likely to remember it it's like that peak plus end state thing right yeah. Uh, after any event, people tend to remember how they felt at the end of it, no matter how they felt throughout it, and how and they remember like their peak emotional state if that yeah. was negative or positive. Yeah, um, negative, positive emotion as well as the recency. I mean, like how many people go and do something like a marathon and go like, "Wow, I'm so glad I did that an achievement," but I'm never going to do this again. It's the worst thing in the world. You know, I, I know people have said that, and then they go on and do like four or five more of them. I had three kids because I, finished. I know I know all about I'm never doing this again yeah right well, there and you go. three kids later <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right oh sorry so I've got that stat it's actually I'm actually quite surprised am I right I or are you right no I'm I'm closer it's oh. uh this is 16,000 private pilot licenses in Australia wow so that's works out apparently at 
about 1,600, 1,600 wow. people. There you go. And actually, that's the thing. Um, sometimes you actually, because you are in a field, you do know better. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, you've got unavailability bias. It's so unavailable, the information that you just, you're just making shit up. <laughs> wow. This is this is very technical. This is technical speak now. This is jargon, professional yeah, jargon. jargon. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so <laughs> unavailability bias. And no, no, it is still availability bias. I have this this great story uh, of this guy basically accepting it. Anyway, so Bryce and I were in the States for a BBIT. What is this, five years ago? When did we run that one? Six? Whenever. No, it was doesn't a while doesn't ago. We were at this like um this sort of conference venue um obviously they were running it and they had like a had, had like a shop in there that had it was a massive conference venue like they had oh, i don't know how many things but they had like a little i don't know like dairy kind of corner store in in there uh you know you could get like um snacks and things and you could get like uh i don't know convenience items yeah yeah <laughs> you know like packets of tissues or whatever i don't know um it's a conference venue, right? I remember there was like shoe shine and stuff you could buy. <laughs> right. Anyway, this guy, this guy was there, the American guy uh, serving us, and he uh, like he didn't recognize our accents, right? He's like, what? Where, "Where are you?" He, I remember he had. I'm not going to try and do it. I might accidentally do it. I don't want to offend anyone, but like a southern drawl kind of accent. Like, oh yeah. Where are y'all from? Sort of thing. And we're like, "Oh, from uh, New Zealand," and he's like. Oh, New Zealand. And he's like, I never met anyone from New Zealand. Well, oh, yeah, okay. Well, we're here doing this conference, blah, 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 telling them about it. And so Bryce is fairly tall, right? I, I don't know if Bryce is the same. I, I get really bad at judging height. Either either I look down at someone, which is most people, not not in a, <laughs> in a physical sense, um, or up at them and go, holy shit, that person's tall. Uh, or or they're about the same. And Bryce yeah. is about the same to me. So I don't know. I'm I'm You guys three. are both tall, FYI. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so I'm six three. So I assume price is roughly the same, um, which is I'm um, one ninety, one ninety, one ninety one, something like that in centimeters. Um, and this guy was like, "Oh, is everybody from New Zealand so tall? Is it like one of those, you know, like Iceland or something where everybody from New Zealand is like huge?" And we're like cracked up. We're like, "Oh no, no, it's I don't know normal height distribution." And he's like, "Oh man, I don't care. I'm gonna tell everybody." <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna tell everyone I met. I met these two New Zealanders, and New Zealanders are all huge. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it was a, like he checked the ava- conscious availability yeah, bias. Yeah, like he checked his availability bias and was like, "Nah, this is cooler anyway." <laughs> yeah, makes for a better story. Yeah. Funny, but sometimes we can know we're doing it, or so, sometimes we well. that's that's the point it is subconscious so you're doing it despite knowing better a lot of the times yeah i know that um i see a lot of this in software development where everyone i mean i guess a few decades ago it was all about the feature right features 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 and demos and sort of that sales and marketing kind of moved away from features and demos into what's the problem and what's the solution like as being the main selling tactic 
But then you have a look at social media of all these software companies. And the only thing that they sort of push in so on social media is new feature release, new feature release. Yeah. So right. you, you're kind of telling your followers that what matters is new feature releases. Yeah, it's true. So you're kind of prepping them for, I guess, having the, the features and demos conversations in a sales meeting. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you want to try and start pumping something that other, that they don't think about or that other, other competitors aren't pumping to talk about that you excel at, right? You want to try and make that their the, the availability bias. You want you want everybody to be like, oh well, what's your X? And everybody else being like, oh, we don't have X, well, we have X. <laughs> yeah, that would stick out. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have X? Yeah. No, well, we're only considering vendors that have X, so I guess you're out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so getting on to uh, doing something about this, fixing it. I've, I've actually got a good example, and this is this is somewhat ironic. So I want to I want to do another little test, and I just think it's funny that I've got yet another aviation example, even though that's all we've been talking about. Probably because of availability bias, right? Probably that's the only one you can come up with. So I thought of this one. I thought I think this is a clever one, but you know, we'll see how we go. All right. So going back to the small plane thing, you know how you have to, you know, you got to drive it, you got to taxi it, right, on the ground to yeah. get to the runway and to get back from the runway. Um, how do you think you taxi a small plane? Like you? How? As in what width? Yeah. Like what do you do? you attach it to a vehicle of some sort oh okay so that's the big ones but a small one like a, a small would you, you know, push it i have no idea oh no so you can you can use the prop to to push you along the big fan on the front um but how do you like how do you steer it genuinely i have i i'm i i can i can say something stupid i have no idea i can't even picture it okay this is how unavailable that piece yeah, of yeah, information right. is okay. to me can you guess would you push it would some would a bunch of people no no, no. so so you're in it you can you can you can do it yourself as the you pilot do it yourself. In the, in the, in the like the only yeah. thing that i can be and again this actually is availability guys because i can only ever picture something being pulled by a small vehicles. So I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that that's the sense. only thing I can think of for a plane. Okay, that's so my final say, answer. <laughs> let's say you can if you can propel it under its own power, so to speak, by sitting in there. How would you? How do you steer it? Like, how would you steer it on the ground? Are you kidding me? Is there a steering wheel? Is there not a steering wheel of some sort? Yeah, right. So this is this, this is what I hope you'd say, right? You steer it with your hands, like with a steering right. wheel or something in front of you, right? Yeah, you don't. You steer it with your feet. What? Yeah. So <laughs> the whole reason... Do you know what I'm imagining right now? You know, the Flintstone scars? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm imagining, that your feet are on the ground and you're... <laughs> no, it's like pedals, right? So you push <laughs> you push on the right pedal to go right and the left pedal to right. go left. Yeah. Um, which is because of you know it's designed to be in flight right and that's how you you you're left and right with the rudder so they, they match that on the ground anyway um that doesn't matter what what I, the point i wanted to make is when your brain doesn't know it extrapolates from what it does know 
which yeah. is one of these key things. And the thing you do know about a vehicle on the ground is a car, right? I guess, yeah. And you steer that with a steering wheel. So, yeah. so yeah, so this is my point, is we, we jump to filling in the gaps with, with our brain. Uh, sorry, with, with, uh, with what's available. So when we talk about this and we go, all right, so what, what, how do we actually do something about this? Like, cool, we, we kind of know, you know, the easy answer is, oh, just think about it. But like, what is, you know, when? What, how do we think about it? So I think the answer here is a, lo- a, lo- a lot of the things, like with a lot of other things and a lot of things we cover in BBIT, it's essentially about the assumptions and all your, do- all your brain's doing with availability bias, especially with the, the extrapolation part where it doesn't have all the info, is it's just making a bunch of assumptions. Yeah. So the key thing to do is just try and like write down, for example, what the assumptions are and check them. So in this case, obviously this is a kind of silly example because why would you suddenly need to know that? Like there's no, no circumstance ever that you suddenly need to know that, right? Yeah. Um, for the plain taxiing thing. But it, it, it gives an example where it would be easy, like you, you clearly know there that you're, that you're, you're guessing. Yeah. And, and your guess is, oh, well, like I'm trying to think, how would you word the assumption? Like, if, if it's on the ground like a car, it drives like a car. So I assume it has a steering wheel sort of thing. Yeah, you do. You, yeah. you go, what do I know about a vehicle driving anything? Yeah. So if if it's a vehicle and I'm driving it on the ground, then it steers with a steering wheel. Sort of, sort of something like that. Yeah. Then it must steer. Yeah. So what you need to do in any of these circumstances, especially when you, when you can sort of see it, something like this is consider what, what is the assumption you're making? Like what, what, what is the jump your brain has to make between the information it has for certain? Cause it's right. filling in all the rest from somewhere. And so that's, that's obviously a big one. And it's very obvious, but in general, it's like, okay, so what do I know are facts? Like it's a vehicle. It's on the ground. Okay. Those are facts, but I see it with the steering wheel is the jump. So like, I find okay. it would be quite, um, quite a, I don't, I think it would be one of those situations though, where you don't know, you don't know. So to quantify how big of a jump it is for me, I would actually oh, yeah. say that's not a huge jump at all. Like the fact that you steer a car steering wheel with your hands, I would actually fall for, I'd fail that. Right. I go, that's such a, that's probably the most obvious conclusion I could draw. Yeah. So but I would the, probably but you still fail have to draw that a conclusion, one. right? But I guess if you'd have to think about it, I would draw a conclusion, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the first step for any of these, it's, it's kind of like the first step is admitting you got a problem for any of these. Like the first step is actually realizing that you're, you're, you know. That you actually don't know. Yeah, you don't know for any of these biases, but I guess when anything comes up, so again, you have, you know, you have somebody in the room saying that the customer's mad or something or that, you know, all the customers are going to leave. It's like, okay, so what, what are we, it's like anything, what do we know as fact? Well, we know that yeah. this one customer is relatively upset about this one issue with, with our product. Okay, that's reasonable. And you're not trying to downplay that at all. Like maybe you should go and solve that, but you shouldn't then extrapolate that all the customers are upset. Or if you're worried about that, go test it. Go ask yeah. them. Go ring three random customers and just ask them how they're going with the software or the product or whatever it is. You know, 
how are you getting on? Are you having any issues? Oh, how do you feel about this feature? And see if they, you know, arc up about it or whether they're like, oh, yeah, no, it works pretty well. Well, I actually have a question that just came to mind just now as you're saying this. If you do want to audit your thinking for specifically availability bias, you should just ask yourself, how do I know this? Is it data? Do I have data? Yeah. Or am I I have data? Yeah. So if you had to ask me, how do you steer a plane? And I go, well, steer, Well, do I actually know that? No, I, I just assume. Let me Google it. Let me look up a plane and how, it, like, let me see a video of how this actually happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I was completely wrong. But if you had to ask me something where I go, no, I, I know this. I know this answer. The answer is this. I'm not guessing. I'm not. Um, I think, yeah, the main question would be, do I have data? Do I believe this because of data? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do I do I have something that I am I working off something here that I know for a fact? Or yeah. My yeah. as you say, am I putting one and one together and just hoping it gets the two? I mean, you could also go because I mentioned at the start of the podcast that the way our memory works is that it retains or easy it's easier for us to recall information that happened sort of recently. So the, the recency. Yeah. Um, if it had a high emotional impact on us and if it was a bit close to home, so maybe happened to someone we know or to us. Um, so maybe even if you ask, so if, if, for example, you had to make a decision of where you're going to live, I don't know, New York or Atlanta, because um, I recently heard the statistics that I think Atlanta per capita has a lot more crime, a lot higher crime rate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If I'm wrong, let's just assume that's the case. A lot of people might say New York because, I don't know, crime shows or maybe the news. Yeah. Um, but if I had to decide where to live, as in what's a safer place to live, I need to move and I need to move to either LA or Atlanta. And I conclude, oh, well, Atlanta must be safer. I don't hear about nearly as many crimes happening there. Sure. Um, if I then ask myself, well, have any recent events sort of can I think of any recent events that have happened in either New York or Atlanta? And then I conclude, yeah, I can actually in New York a lot. Then that should already be a red flag. Yeah. Like I should already say, let me see if there's any, like, let me research. Like I might be basing my decision based off of that recent event. It's actually funny you say that because if I think of the two of them, I think Atlanta is more dangerous, but that's because of one thing. And that's because I haven't even been there, but Shane yeah. has, right? And I remember him saying like, oh man, like it, w- it was wild. They showed up to the to the customer's office um, and they were like, oh, I can't remember how he noticed it. I think they were like, I don't think it was like police tape or anything. It was like bullet casings or something like wow. on, the, on the ground outside their door. Wow. And he was like, <laughs> oh, those bullets and the guy yeah. like nonchalantly said oh yeah it's a pretty rough area a guy got shot here uh, last night wow like, as if that was a normal thing and Shane yeah. was like what well that would do it that <laughs> so in my head you mind. say which one's yeah. safer all I think of is that story from Shane <laughs> yeah see and that's available with the bus right there yeah and the yeah, thing is you could be is. right or you could be wrong I could but... be wildly wrong you know like that might have been the only shooting in Atlanta in the last 10 years probably not yeah America. but you oh. should ask yourself oh, okay <laughs> why do I believe that yeah awesome 
there you go. So there you go. As, what did you just say? Was it? Did you say mental audit? Uh, 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 yeah, I did. I said auditing whether you suffer from available or, or whether your decision suffers from availability bias. Yeah, I like that. Some audit. Yeah. Well, you so, heard it here first. There you go. So yeah, but that's that's it. Identifying it and then checking. So going what what is fact and what is a logical jump. Yeah, we're not trying to say jump in a bad way. What is you know? What are you filling in the gaps for? What is it? assumption? Assumption. Yeah, good. assumption. So what, what is what is what is fact and what is assumption? Okay, cool. How do I check this assumption? Generally, pretty easy these days. <laughs> There's probably somebody with a YouTube channel and 13 million followers. <laughs> yeah, that does a video about it once a week. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's us for cool. today. All right. Sweet. And what are we doing next week, Peter? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if it's availability or recency, but I was going to say anchoring, but I think it's because I most recently, uh, obviously I was looking up stuff to do with availability bias, but I was also thinking about anchoring. So let's do anchoring. Let's do anchoring. Done. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. Please, we time. do love your emails. Can people get our <laughs> yes, email address? We, we love your, your emails that are all positive. <laughs> Yeah, don't send us negative ones. Please don't, that's just rude. (laughs) (laughs) Can people actually get in touch with us, Peter? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know I have an email, but I don't know if people people have access to it. I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, yours is your first name even, isn't it? Mieter Viago? Yeah, but I don't know if it's actually available. I don't know if we have it displayed in... Oh, I I don't think it's displayed. Uh, no. We, yeah, we can put it. Maybe we put it in the show notes. And so if people want to send we us should. positive, positive feedback only. Positive feedback only. Like, we should. Yeah, don't ruin our availability bias. I mean, Very no, I'm quick joking. Side note: nothing like, to do with availability bias, but definitely to do with the halo effect. We have a listener who recently, in the past couple of weeks, sent us glowing emails about love your podcast type thing. Yeah. And I actually know this person. She's uh, she's a, a stunningly beautiful woman, but she's very smart, strong, independent, entrepreneurial type woman who speaks her mind. So I actually really respect her. And because the email came from her, I was like, yes, absolutely. You are absolutely <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you must be right about this, this podcast. Yeah, this is bang on. That's it. Yep. Halo effect. Yeah, there you go. All right. Awesome. Cool. Goodbye, everyone. See you next time.